ready. Ready for this? Yeah, did you push play or yeah. whatever? Okay. Get another guzzle. Mm. All I'm saying is what my name is. Right? Yeah, well, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Pilar. Yeah. yeah. And. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I'm wearing glasses because I want to be like you. Do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nothing to want to aspire to. <laughs> uh, Do you really like you. peacocks? Um, you know, <clears throat> I like the second half of that word more than I like the full <laughs> word. Is that appropriate to say? Probably not. So, um, hi, my name is Jill, and I'm Pilar's friend, and I help introduce her podcast, I guess. I help you produce your podcast mm-hmm. and bring laughter and joy to your life, therefore creating fun for you, mm-hmm. right? Is that what I do? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. You're awesome. Hi, I'm Pilar, and these are seven short stories about how I grew up overseas and Paris and in Rio and had this great life with servants and nice clothes and good stuff to look at and I don't know how this happened but somehow I ended up in the upper midwest and I spend my days working and my afternoons picking dog crap out of the yard so these are the stories of how I got here and hopefully you can relate all right you ready there chief Ew, you done texting your friends? Oh, God. Pay attention to me. I deserve attention. Who is that? That's who's going to have a date with. I say no. Oh, she's pretty. She has a really nice smile. Why are you saying no? Yeah, I don't like it. What do you mean? I'll just read. She's gorgeous. And then he'll leave me alone. I think she's beautiful. She is beautiful. Stop being judgy. Okay, I'm done talking to him. Your own problems, Tim. <laughs> well, okay, you want me to start talking? Well, yeah, I do. What's your story about today? It's just called Sunday. What's the deep sigh for? <laughs> Holy <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God. It's called Sunday, but it's about, you know, I was born in Italy, and now I lived in Italy like six months, and then I moved to Paris. So That sounds rough. I know. <laughs> Guess where I was born? <laughs> no, <hopefully>. Idaho. <laughs> Super glamorous. I probably had nicer clothes because you know I was in Milan. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we wear potato sacks in Idaho. <laughs> I know. It's really sad. <sighs> so I grew up in France. I moved there when I was six months, and I lived there till I was like ten. And every person that's ever spent a drunken junior year of college in France goes weak at the knees when I tell them that. So I just want to get something straight right up front. This is what I remember about France. I remember the cheese, the baguette. I remember kids getting slapped in the supermarket. I remember our Portuguese plumber that my brother said I was going to marry, so I would be Mrs. Pepe de la Negra. shoot and I remember the camper's in the car and I remember playing with my Fisher Price camper in the living room while my oldest brother listened to Deep Purple 
We had a huge oriental rug with a blue medallion in the center, and that's where my little Fisher Price people swam to the sound of smoke on the water. I would park like their little camper right next to that, and then they would like swim. <clears throat> so it's awesome. It's not probably not what you expected me to say, but honestly, I was just trying to live my life. I didn't go to Paris for some summer romance. Oh, yeah, and Madame Dumézich, that was our, our Yugoslavian housekeeper. She had escaped Tito, who was the dictator. And that, came, that was a little confusing later in life because I was a Fantasy Island fan, and I didn't understand why the little squeaky guy was named for a dictator. <laughs> <laughs> a really brutal dictator, but his name is like Toto or Titi or something. Or The guy on Fantasy Island? Yeah, yeah. Duplain, Duplain, yeah, that yeah, guy? Yeah, that guy. I have no idea what his name is. <laughs> well, it's not Tito. It's not? Okay. No. I'm sure someone will tell us. So speaking of dictators, I grew up in a family that was a little bit like the Von Trops. Well, maybe if the Von Trops ever met martial law. In our version, there's no young nun that shows up and takes, takes us on picnics. Yes, there was singing, and there were matching outfits, and I even had braids. And yeah, my mother loved us, and my father stood up straight, and there were rules, lots and lots of rules. Yes, sir, no, sir, yes, mother, no, mother, and so many curtsies. And of course, none of us really liked Nazis. Okay, well, actually, there wasn't any singing. But I did have six siblings, and there was a mom, and there was a little bit of humor. So my mom was Dutch from New York, Dutch-American, and my dad was Irish Catholic. And people say you're defined by what you most have to defend. So we were Irish Catholic, and our Sundays were anchored our week. There wasn't very much variety. Every Sunday, every holy day of obligation, every first Friday, we would all pile into my dad's Peugeot and then head off to church. Every Sunday started with my dad yelling, both feet on the floor, now, now, and barking and yelling continued until we got, all of us got in his car. We drove through the, the banlieue, which are the suburbs of Paris, and through the Bois de Boulogne, around the Arc of Triomphe, and down the Champs-Élysées. Sometimes in two cars, mostly in one, I would sit on the floor or on my mom's lap in the front seat. We were always on time. On time meant half an hour early, and we had to be on time. That was the rule. There's a story that my oldest sister was late, so he let her walk out of the house past our front gate and locked both the house and the front gate and left her on the sidewalk for a few hours until the whole family came back from church. Well, not the whole family. There were only three children at that point. It was pretty early because she was six. We sat in the same pew every Sunday, and sometimes all seven children, sometimes just three, because at one point, the oldest four got sent to boarding school in England. What I remember about France and what I remember about church are the fur coats. I loved to walk up to communion behind a nice full-length mink so I could pet it. And during the Mass, I practiced my letters on my mom's seal fur jacket. I would trace on it and reverse the fur, leaving a message as I played. It was so soft. She also had a mink, a sable, a gray wolf, and a leopard. But my favorite was the seal, because she let me draw on it with my finger. There were no crayons and no animal crackers to keep me quiet. Just a nice fur coat. The church was St. Joseph's, English speak the English-speaking parish in Paris. 
At the time, the order, so the priests and the nuns, was Irish. They seemed pretty happy. At least the priests did. Father McCarthy and Father Justinian. Father Justinian, <laughs> Father Justinian was round-faced and kind, and he had an awesome Irish accent. He took my first confession. I was so nervous at the time that I recited the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Instead of bless me, Father. <laughs> Did you get through the whole Pledge of Allegiance? Yeah, but wait, it gets better. So the next time we tried confession, it was face-to-face, and we ended up giggling the whole time. I think I had confessed that I had punched my sister in the nose while she was asleep to see if it would actually hurt. You know, because like in the cartoons, it doesn't. (laughs) He asked me if I was sorry, and I said, well, you know, actually it was an accident. So Father Justinian said, so you hopped out of bed, you crossed the room, and you punched your sister in the nose while she was sleeping, all by accident. I guess Father Justinian was pretty smart. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you remember his name. I I loved him. He's an awesome guy. Martin Sheen, you know, the guy from the West Wing? Sure. He used to, he sometimes talks about St. Joe's in Paris. I guess that he was walking down the street one day, and he had some kind of epiphany, and walked into St. Joe's, and uh, rediscovered his faith. So he's not the most famous person from that parish. When I was a kid, a child, I used to see Princess Grace at Mass when she would come into town for the fashion shows. Wow. Also, honestly, all the things you could return to in Paris, this is going back to Martin Sheen, why would you choose faith? It would never occur to me to go back to Paris for faith. French pastry, yes, but faith, no. So not on Sundays, but on other days, the Bois, the Bois de Boulogne, was filled with interesting women. We drove through one afternoon. I was probably like four, five, six, I don't know. My mom, my brother, my sister, and I. I think it was October, because I remember everything being golden. And I loved tootling around in my mom's VW Bug. And I loved looking out the window. I looked out the window and I yelled, Look, I can't believe that girl's wearing hot pants. It's really cold out and all she has on is a tiny bikini. My brother grabbed my arm and squeezed it so hard. In our sibling language, that meant shut up. So did a kick in the shins under the table. Shut up, it's inappropriate. Shut up, you'll get in trouble. Shut up, I'm trying to protect you. That's what big brothers do. When we got home that afternoon, he took my hand and dragged me down the hall past the kitchen to the maid's bathroom. He closed the door and hissed, do you know what those ladies were? I had no idea. No, no, they just looked cold. I, I don't know who they were. He glared at me. Those ladies were Protestants. Do you understand? (laughs) (laughs) They're Protestants, and we never speak about them in our house. Protestants. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Later in life, my grandmother came to live with us in Spain, and we would alternate Sundays one week at the Ritz and one week at Wendy's. My grandmother behaved impeccably at the Ritz, but Wendy's was confusing to her, and she often would coat her hamburger with her Frosty like it was a condiment. So the cutest boy in school was there. 
at Wendy's on those Sundays for some reason to witness this and then make fun of me all week. My parents said I couldn't mention the lunches at the Ritz because that was showy and in poor taste. So I had to listen to the crazy family at Wendy's stories and not react. Mrs. Wentworth, or Nani, my grandmother as I called her, was an interesting woman. She was whip-smart, well-read, and ruthless. I don't know that she was much of a mother. She was more of a survivor who was able to consume all around her for fuel. When she lived with us, she suffered from Alzheimer's, and all day long she would ask what time it was. And at dinner, when my mom, my dad, and I were seated with her, she would turn to me and say, You know, Pilar, the Irish are all pigs. This was infuriating to my father, but he never took the bait, and I think it's because he loved my mother so much. Later, while working on the family genealogy, I would learn that Nani was a quarter Irish, and for Christmas that year, as a gift to my father, I offered to have a shamrock engraved on her headstone. Because mm. <laughs> she would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Most Sundays involved a supper after-supper speeches. Each of the seven children would have to give a two-minute speech on the topic of their choice, and each speech was graded. It was terrifying and exhilarating, and it definitely cured us of stage fright. I don't remember, but my dad has said that if we did well on the ground, some of us were moved to the center of the long dining room table, which was always set formally. It was the ultimate test if we could think on our feet and remain calm and collected. If we were jittery, the glassware would move. Sundays also meant, or Sundays also usually involved a family outing, like a walk in the park or a visit to a museum. One particular Sunday when I was about four years old in Paris, my dad was really excited. I think all seven kids were home at that point. So my dad has a kind of magnetic energy, and when he says that something's a good idea, you can't help but fall in love with that idea, Mm -hmm. even though some of the ideas don't make sense. So he said that after church, we were going to go and head out and catch some Japanese. None of us really knew what that meant, but then we weren't going to ask him either. So we went to church, and then we headed to the Modern Art Museum. It was big, and it had a huge outdoor sculpture garden. And likely, if you are one of those people who was in Paris for your junior year, you probably saw it. But I was four, and I was headed to the art museum with my family. When we got there, he parked. All seven of us got out with my mom, and he pulled out a wooden crate and a single board out of the back. I'm not really sure what kind of crate it was. It was either wine or packing, because... <laughs> Those are the two constants in, in my life. He then said, when I say so, we're going to ooh and ah over this crate, like it's the greatest thing we've ever seen. We all nodded. It didn't have to make sense, and it didn't matter. That the, it didn't matter. The mission had been defined. Why do I feel like I know where this is going? <laughs> so all of us circled the crate. My dad took the lead. Followed by my mother in her Hermes scarf and her wool suit. Not Chanel, but Chanel-like. And we walked to the sculpture yard. There, he placed the crate on the ground and leaned aboard next to it. He grinned and said, now, now. 
we all began to ooh and ah and point and act like it was the most glorious thing we'd ever seen. And within minutes, Japanese tourists started to surround the crate, murmuring and taking pictures one after the other. And I think, all told, that day my dad caught about 20 Japanese. <laughs> you know what's really bad? It's really bad. But I was in Washington, D.C. about, I don't know, 17 years ago, I want to say. And I was on the steps of... of um, the Capitol? Of the Capitol. Yeah. And uh, there were groups of Japanese tourists just taking pictures and... You know, moving about, and I, I, I photobombed one of them and had uh, had uh, someone take a picture of me. I'm sure, I could, I'm sure I could pull it up, show you. Yeah, we could laugh about it, but yeah, great story. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> like, I wish I could have met your mother. Yeah, she's pretty great. And her, what happened? I just want to like, what happened to her scarves? Who has those? I think they're in my house because... And her leopard coat. Like, where's that? It's at her house. So she died like 25 years ago. But when you walk in her house, you don't realize she's gone. My dad hasn't changed anything. So if you go to the bathroom and you open the... Whatever it's called. Yeah. Her Her lipsticks are still there. Really? Which is either comforting or creepy or I don't know what. Yeah. It's like she just stepped out of her life and nothing changed. Wow. Your dad must really miss her. Yeah, he does. 